Children are uh, welcome to be dismissed for our junior church. If you didn't get that message by the announcer who was up here. Good morning. Thank you for being with us this morning, and I hope you can stay with us the rest of the Advent season and uh, celebrate the coming of Christ with us together. Today we do begin the Advent season. For the next four weeks, I'm going to talk about the signs and symbols of Christmas. There's an insert in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along, and if you need one of those, just lift your hand. Our ushers will be happy to make sure you get one. Well, to celebrate Christmas this year, I've decided to give you, the congregation, a very special gift. I will not be telling any jokes this Christmas season. <laughs> no, don't thank me. It's okay. I'm, from the bottom of my heart, I'm not going to tell any jokes. Partly because Christmas isn't a joke, and partly because I've used them all up pretty much. I'm telling you, uh, I've preached every Christmas for the last 30 years. So uh, it's, it becomes more and more of a challenge. Uh, I ask God, help me, give me a fresh look at this. Uh, I so far, I haven't repeated any, which to me is... Amazing, but uh, so this this year th- through Advent, I've got a, a, a fresh take from the standpoint of uh, I'm going to look at this. Well, I'll get there in a minute. You realize Christmas is the is the only Christian holy day that's also a major secular holiday, And this brings great discomfort to both Christians and the secular culture. You know, there's pressure not to say Merry Christmas, just say Happy Holidays. There's this tension in the culture, you see. Uh, Some people lobby hard to get the manger scenes out of the public square. Um, our culture just seems to move further and further away from celebrating the birth of Christ, which is what it's all about, um, to just, uh, let's just call this a season of giving. You know, and there's a, you know, we kind of, in the culture, replace joy to the world with have a holly jolly Christmas, things like that. Uh, There's a real hesitation to read Luke 2, the Christmas story. You know what? Let's do this instead. Let's read Twas the Night Before Christmas. So there's great discomfort, really, from the culture and Christians regarding what do we do with this thing. So in my Advent series this month, I'm not going to engage in a culture war. Uh, What I want to talk about are the truths and roots of Christmas in the Bible how they're echoed in our secular celebration of Christmas. Why? What I'm trying to do is bridge the widening gap between our culture and Christianity to understand, provide opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus. 
So this month, I'm going to look at four Christmas bridges from the culture back to the, the gospel, back to Jesus. Four bridges. It started to amaze me that in our culture celebration of Christmas, the rudiments and roots are all there. Uh, and uh, echoing the first Christmas. And so let's, we're going to take, take them one at a time, four, four, uh, four signs, symbols of Christmas in our culture um, that we see are just coming right out of the first Christmas, the first celebration of Jesus' birth. <clears throat> one of the first signs in our culture that Christmas is approaching is the appearance of lights. Lights start popping up all over the place on trees and windows and yards, on streets and storefronts, everywhere. There are lights. What's interesting, you know, and, and light, we don't have to tell anybody, light is always just this pleasant, joyful, positive feeling we get by being filled with light and rooms filled with light and Christmas trees lit up and lights just generate a positive uh, attitude. What's interesting is December 25th uh, follows the darkest time of the year. The equinox that happens, I think, around the 21st. The darkest time of the year. Messiah's appearance in the scripture is compared to the shining of a bright light out of the darkness. Matthew 4, Matthew quotes uh, Isaiah 9, and he says in Matthew 4, 13 to 17, leaving Nazareth, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness. I've seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, in the Bible, uh, the lights aren't just decorative, you see, like they are with us in the culture. They're symbolic. In the Bible, darkness represents, many times, darkness represents evil. Um, and light represents God's intervention, uh, God's word, and other things which dispels the darkness. For instance, Genesis 1, you see it right there. At creation, the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And the first thing God said, let there be light. And there was light. So right away we've got the, the actual physicality of light being linked with God himself right from the very first verses of the scripture. This is a theme that the Apostle John picked up in his uh, gospel about Jesus' birth, actually. Uh, John, I think, echoing Genesis 1, <laughs> refers to Jesus as the word of God 
right from that kind of the speaking aspect of Genesis 1, he refers to Jesus as the Word of God who is the light who has come into the world. John 1, 1 to 5, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness didn't understand it or comprehend it. The Word of God, who is the light of God, in John's Gospel, becomes flesh and dwells among us as the Son of God. John 1, 14 to 18, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So you see, light in the Bible is something uh, that doesn't originate with us. Uh, left in our natural state, it would be dark. Light in the scripture, as we find really in the natural world, comes to us from the outside. It's like the dawning of the sun on the earth. It's outside of us. It shines on us. Because it shines on us, we experience warmth and life and uh, beauty in our world. And it's no accident that Jesus' appearance is described as coming from the outside, as light that's dawned or literally flashed upon us from the outside. Matthew 4.16, that's what that really is referring to, the people living in darkness seeing a great light. Uh, On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has literally flashed or dawned. It's wow. And what the New Testament writers, I think, are trying to celebrate here is that, do you realize what they're saying? God has been born to us. The gospel writers don't want us just to celebrate Christmas. They want us to be awestruck by it. (laughs) There's nothing um, quite like it in the universe. Now, when we come to the New Testament... To complete the picture, Jesus and the apostles pick up the messianic prophetic theme of light coming upon us and point us, that was Jesus. And making a direct allusion to those prophecies, Jesus himself declared that he is that light. Let me just read you a few places where he says this in John's Gospel. John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of light, life. John 9, 5, he said to them, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Chapter 12, 36, while you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of the light. In John 12, later on, he says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. So again, the symbolic nature of the light starts to come through, meaning there's a spiritual life that God has has come in the flesh to give us. And it's found in Jesus, and we receive it by believing in him. We actually become related to him. We're sons of the light. 
when we believe in him. When we believe in Jesus and become sons of the light, that's when we become light in the world for others to see Jesus. And that's kind of where this message is headed and these signs and symbols of Christmas echoing in our culture, I think are are very natural bridges to begin to share the light of the gospel of Jesus. And you see, you see one th- the, the only thing some people will ever know about Jesus is by what they see and hear from us. And the Christmas season, in my opinion, is the perfect time to talk to others about the gospel. The light bridge helps us do that. They're all around us. The Old Testament prophecies liken the birth of Messiah to the appearance of a great light in the darkness. Jesus identified himself with that light. The apostles affirmed it. And the echoes of Christmas are found embedded in our culture. Take a look around. Lights are everywhere. Why? They're just pointing back to Jesus, my friends. Christmas, the symbols of Christmas are all found originally back there. A great light has shone upon us. And it's, we're right to celebrate Christmas with lights. And Jesus' birth launched. That was when the, the launch of the gospel to the world took place. As Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 10, he says to his uh, protege Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And you know what? When we believe in Jesus, it catapults us out of darkness, spiritual darkness, into God's light. And to come out of the darkness, we must believe in Jesus. I want you to listen to a familiar passage, but I'm going to read a little further because Jesus, again, picks up the theme of light and darkness to explain why he came and why we so desperately need to believe in him. John 3, as he talks to Nicodemus, the Pharisee, verses 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness 
rather than light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds would be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifest as having been wrought in God. After we believe in Jesus, God calls us to be his lights in the world all around us. Find this all over the New Testament, but one place we see it is 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Those who believed in Jesus, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. For some people, we're the only way they'll know anything about Jesus. One day, when Jesus appears again, here's our hope and the reality which will take place. When Jesus appears again, well, when he appeared the first time, the scriptures say, big flash of light appeared in the, in the darkness of the world. Using the metaphor, uh, referring to how God's intervening in the evil that's kind of taken over and corrupted the entire world. Well, one day when Jesus appears again, the darkness will be done away with completely. Amen and amen. Revelation 22.5. We get the advantage of reading the end of the book, the chapter. Revelation 22.5, when Jesus has set up his kingdom, it says there will no longer be any night. They will not have any need of the light or a lamp nor light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. Celebrating Christmas begins with acknowledging that Jesus is the Messiah, the light that has come into the world to save us from our own personal darkness, sin. And celebrating Christmas is also about living as lights Jesus lights in the world, sharing the good news of the gospel to those who are still in the darkness. So I challenge us today, if you've never come to the light as Jesus described it, coming to him as the light God has sent into the world to save you from your sins, that happens by believing in him, that he is the, he is the promised Messiah. I invite you to believe in him today. If you have believed in him, I challenge us to take a look around us. (laughs) The lights are everywhere we go. Do you realize God wants us to be aware of people in our lives and opportunities he gives us to point people back to him? We don't have to engage in a culture war. We just have to engage in the gospel and celebrate along with everyone else.
because we know where the, what the echoes of light and so on are referring back to. So that's my prayer, uh, just to challenge us to begin with our own personal faith in him as the light. And secondly, to be aware of opportunities God gives us to be a light to someone else. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your mercy and grace toward us in the gospel. We thank you uh, for the... <laughs> we sometimes just really take, uh, take it for granted, celebrate Christmas year after year after year. We know it's about the birth of Jesus, but would you grip us again with uh, what that all means? That you, the living God, in all your glory, uh, humbled yourself, uh, emptied yourself, and took on flesh to become just like us and face everything we're going to face. And then ultimately, to pay the ultimate cost of your own life on our behalf for our sin. And I pray, Father, if there's anyone here today that does not know you through faith in Jesus, that this would be their day to start a relationship with you by coming to the light, by coming to Jesus and believing in him. And for those of us who have believed in you and started that journey with you, I pray that you would help us open our eyes to see how you're working all around us, uh, this, especially this Christmas season. Help us, give us uh, words to say, a voice to speak uh, in the name of Jesus, who is the light of the world. We ask for the grace to do all of this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.